Welcome to another edition of Reshaping America. This is your host, Kurt Flewelling. Well, I wish we could speak of other things other than race and riots and craziness, but um, this is what we have. This is what we will discuss. So today we will discuss um, the continued fallout of the uh, George Floyd uh, murder in Minneapolis. And also, um, uh, I see some... uh, Monuments are being toppled in one city after another, and um, amazing, but not so surprising, uh, police forces around the country are being asked to, uh, and and people are demanding that they are being disbanded, dissolved, reconfigured. Um, A thoughtful look at how police forces operate and weeding the police force of bad actors is is always in order um, all the time, but particularly after something such as this. But um, we will get to some of these articles uh, later on in the show about uh, protesters uh, demanding that these police forces be not not just reconfigured or reestablished in another way, but simply just eradicated, um, wiped off the face of the. Uh, landscape to be replaced with what I, I i don't know and i don't think the anarchists really know either but they just want them disbanded and disbanded now and um much to the dismay of of many folks who uh, are big law enforcement fans and realize that law enforcement is literally the last line of defense oftentimes between bad people and good people um Many city councils have uh, voted resoundingly to disband their police force. Now, I, I don't really know what that looks like, and I don't think they know what that looks like. But in pressure to um, chaotic, archaic uh, anarchists, um, they they are they are doing it. And um, mayors be damned, because some mayors don't think that this is a good idea. But they do not have, or or I I should say the councils have the votes to override any mayoral vetoes. So this is, um, this continues to be crazy all in an election year where you are going to vote for Donald Trump or um, Joe Biden or perhaps write somebody in. But um, these are some crazy troubled times um, as we state on this show every single week. Um, the need for truth is um, more critical uh, every waking day that ticks off the calendar. And sadly, the sliver of individuals out there that uh, are clear-headed and courageous and go to the Word of God for their truth and then conduct their lives uh, accordingly uh, as, as it pertains to these cultural issues um, Uh, seems to be a smaller and smaller sliver of folks. And um, before we get started, I would think uh, pretty logical that uh, our Lord up uh, above really wants us to love one another, love our fellow citizens who we may disagree with. And um, so we'll read some scriptures on love here. John 13, 34 and 35 A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. 
Romans 12, 9 and 10, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, honor one another above yourselves. Um, these are pretty clear charges by the Lord. And um, unfortunately, when emotion is involved and power is involved and money is involved, it becomes increasingly more and more difficult to listen to uh, not only your fellow citizens, but your um, Lord up above um, and debate and disagree civilly. Um, you're going to hear that word a lot today because there's a lot of um, uh, unrest out there that is not civil unrest. It is quite uncivilized and that cannot be permitted for any extended period of time in a civilized uh, nation, which we purport to be. So, um, you know, it's interesting. The, the, the best way I can tackle all of these uh, articles that I have read in preparation for the show is I can just relay to you, uh, firstly, a conversation I had with a young woman today who has, um, who has been quite burdened by the Lord to just do something about uh, all of the chaos and the unrest and the um, disharmony in, in our society, uh, particularly as it pertains to race. And, um, you know, I was talking to her about some solutions and she has gone full steam ahead with trying to get people together uh, of import that can uh, educate talk to, lecture, discuss, there's a word you don't hear too much these days, with young people about the founding of this nation. And, um, you know, we can talk about all the warts that um, went into that and some of our trials and tribulations up until this point in time, the good, the bad, the ugly, but we need to discuss it. And um, I, I said to her uh, somewhat cynically, there was a time <clears throat> excuse me, in my life that I, uh, that I thought I could kind of change the world. And I was very uh, eager to do what this young woman is embarking upon doing. And I, I, God love her. I think she should do it. I think I should do it. I think you should do it. But um, the world has beaten me down. I'll be very honest with you. And uh, I remember when I would embark on discussing, uh, you know, racial issues and, uh, other sorts of left-right issues, if you will. Um, I, I was kind of looked at by older folks, like, eh, that's real nice, but I don't think you're going to have a lot of luck doing that. Because particularly when it comes to race, people tend to um, look at things in black and white, and that's very sad. Um, our Lord and Savior certainly does not do that, but um, we as Americans sometimes do and oftentimes do if you look at some of these crowds. Um, and putting forth truth sometimes is extraordinarily difficult if the people that you're putting forth truth um, to don't know you, you don't know them, you don't have a history with them. It's extraordinarily difficult. And I, I chronicled with this lady um, that I was speaking with that um, I have done many speeches and spoken to many people. Uh, I happen to be white and um, I have unfortunately sometimes, more than sometimes, if I was uh, 
they were Christians. I was Christian. I am. Uh, we're, we're tracking on this issue and that issue. And then something just kind of came over them. It was like a light switch just flicked. And it was probably a word I used that I thought was rel- relatively benign, some conservative word that has been demonized or demagogued uh, by the media. And I don't even recall what it was, but it was fascinating. It, a light switch flipped. And this lady had this look on her face that could only be described as, oh, you're one of them. Um, and one of them could mean anything from Republican, which I am not, conservative, which I wholeheartedly am, um, or a whole host of other things that in this particular scenario led this woman to just put cotton in her ears and stop tracking with me. We had a perfectly fine conversation up until that point in time until something registered in her mind. She put me in a box and then went on to pretty much dismiss everything I was saying. And people on the right do the same with people on the left. And this is why we're in the abject mess that we're in now in this country. And um, so I I wish this woman well um, in what she is set out to do. Um, And she wants to to just speak to groups of, of all sorts of different colors using black conservatives, white conservatives, you know, Christian people, whomever to just tell the truth about the history of this nation, where we were, where we are, where we're going, the good, the bad, the ugly, no spin. And, um, you know, I wished her luck, um, doing this in a culture where, um, there is murder and mayhem in the streets. Uh, people want police force to dis police forces, I should say, to disband, um, People are at the ready to demagogue uh, any issue that gives them um, political advantage or power or money or all of the above. Um, so it, 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 it kind of a rough time to start something like this, but she is embarking on it. I wish her well. And the only thing I can say is if you're white or black, if you have friends that are white or black and they know you for 10, 20, 30 years, you can have very spirited discussions where you agree, disagree, iron sharpens iron. I've learned a ton of things going into conversations like that that I never knew. And I hope I've imparted wisdom to the people I have spoken with, either um, in formal settings or one-on-one settings, uh, based on their ability to understand me and my ability to understand them. But I tell you, folks, it gets exceedingly difficult when you don't know the person that you're talking to. And I mean, really know them. Um, I, I can say things to my black friends that they may disagree with, but they certainly know where my heart is and they understand what I mean by them. And they're not offended by them and they don't put me in a box, call me all sorts of names and, and discount anything that ever comes out of my mouth again. And that scenario that I just painted um, doesn't work if you're if you don't know your neighbor, which many of us don't, or you don't care to take the time to understand the trials and travails 
of the average black guy in the United States of America. If you're one of these um, folks that just say, hey, what are they complaining about? They have they have whitey on the run. That's ridiculous. Um, have, and it's just as ridiculous to say that um, advantages and life for a black man or woman in this country have not improved markedly in the last 30 or 40 years. So both of those statements, if, if you think that, that it hasn't improved at all, or if you think, hey, we've arrived and we have this uh, mythical equality, both uh, people that say that are, are nuts. They're crazy. And, and you have to have that discussion that we have come a long way and we have a fair amount of way to come. And there's not a lot of people saying that. And if there are a lot of people that believe it, they don't have the courage to say it because when they open their mouth, they get shouted down, they get beaten down, they get murdered sometimes. And, and who wants that grief? You know, we, we all want racial equality. We all want a nonsense that are, that's happening in one municipality or another to stop. But what are we doing? to make it stop. And when I go through these articles today, rapid fire, I will stop numerous times and I'll just, you know, I'll call hypocrite on this person or that person because, you know, my gut is they really don't care about it stopping. They care about the aforementioned things, power, money, um, Greed, uh, prestige, um, all sorts of things. Uh, the, the squelching liberty, squelching the American way of life. These are things that are important to many, uh, anarchists or people that, um, protest in a uncivilized manner. And, um, they just use unfortunate circumstances like the George Floyd circumstance as a, uh, as an excuse to, um, to further whatever agenda they happen to have. So let's go rapid fire through these articles and, and, you know, we'll, um, we'll discuss them and I can just tell you what I think about them. You make your own decision. Um, don't go to Fox. Don't go to CNBC. Don't go for reshaping America. Don't go to this gal or that girl. Go to the word of God. Whatever you hear, filter it through the word of God in your prayer closet. God, was that guy on the radio today full of crap or not? Or was he true? You know what? And, and, you know, we, we, we keep chronicling, um, poor, uh, Robbie Zacharias who left us too early, but, his big thing was what is truth? What is truth? And he promoted thinking and he wanted people to think. And when people are uh, left to be fearful and angry and emotional, um, there's not a lot of thinking going on. I don't care if you're on the right or left. I don't care if you're black or white or old or young, um, rich or poor. It doesn't really matter if you um, are afraid or angry or both and your emotions are high, you're not doing too much thinking. You, you want to defeat your opponent. Um, it's, it's a war. Um, and many people look at the game of politics as a war. Um, and, you know, sadly, it kind of is. But let's go through these articles and we'll see what you have to say. And, uh, you know, the first one is Josh Hawley is asking the right questions about the George Floyd protest. And this is by Kaylee McGee. And um, 
Josh Hawley is um, is a representative. Um, uh, he's a senator, and um, it says last weekend activists urged people from across the country to travel to Washington D.C. for a million-person protest. It was at the corona. It was as if the coronavirus pandemic, which we've spent the last few months fighting, had simply disappeared, and in a way, it had because the rules and regulations passed down to us by government officials and all-knowing health experts were all but non-existent. Um, and it's referring to Saturday's March. Um, many protesters wore masks, but many others did not. And in terms of social distancing, well, it's a bit hard to maintain six feet of distance in a crowd of 200,000 people. But the coronavirus has not disappeared and the rules governing our response to it are still being applied to businesses, schools, churches, and other organizations. In Maryland, for example, outdoor, keyword there, outdoor, religious services have been banned completely by Montgomery County Executive Mark Elrich. As my colleague Tim Carney reported, and my church in Northern Virginia has decided to hold off on in-person services outdoors or indoors because the regulations are too vague and too difficult to navigate. And the author of this article says, where are these regulations during Saturday's protests? Good question. This is a serious inconsistency that needs to be addressed. So I agree. My, my question to you is, um, here we go again with what is truth? What is fact? What is fiction? Um, is the coronavirus dangerous? If you want to go to church, it is. But if you want to protest, it isn't. That's that's the unambiguous um, uh, lesson that you learn from all this. If, if you want to go to church, somebody's going to crack down on you and talk about social distancing and uh, how evil and horrible and terrible the coronavirus is. But if you want to protest, it's okay. So... Um, it says this serious inconsistency needs to be addressed. Why should the right to worship be treated any differently than the right to assemble? Aren't these both constitutional rights that the government has sworn to protect? These are important legal and moral questions, and I'm glad Senator Josh Hawley is asking them. In a letter to Attorney General William Barr this week, Hawley asked, the Justice Department to open a civil rights investigation to determine whether state officials have violated the free speech and free exercise rights of religious Americans by treating religious gatherings and speeches differently than the speech and mass gatherings of protest. Government officials cannot selectively restrict constitutional rights, he says. Either the law applies to everyone or it doesn't apply at all. In other words, if protesters have the right to gather, churches should have the right as well. Any other application of the law is hypocritical and unconstitutional. So Senator Hawley sees this pretty black and white. I do as well. Um, you know, I, I, um, I laud the um, peaceful protesters. I think what happened in Minneapolis was a travesty. And I think if people were led to the streets and they feel, I just got to do something about this and it's thought through 
And if that something is a peaceful protest to, um, to elicit change, then um, I'm all for it. But as we both know, that is not what it is for many people that are protesting. And um, to give carte blanche to thousands and thousands of people to protest arm in arm, just because you're a politician and you're petrified of the ramifications if you crack down on that, or at least manage that to some degree, crack down is probably a poor choice of words, um, yet you will crack down very heavily as blue state mayors and governors have done on churches who dare to congregate, then that's a problem. That's selective outrage, and um, that's a, a, a different application of, of uh, our Constitution, and that that is not good. Uh, the next article here, very, um, very sad. Minneapolis will dismantle its police force, council members pledge, saying the existing police force cannot be reformed. A majority of the city council has promised to rethink public safety from the ground up in the wake of George Floyd's killing. Nine members of the Minneapolis City Council, a veto-proof majority, pledged on Sunday to dismantle the police department, promising to create a new system of public safety in a city where law enforcement has long been accused of racism. Saying that the city's policing system could not be reformed, the council members stood before hundreds of people gathered late in the day on a grassy hill and promised to begin the process of taking apart the police department as it now exists. For activists who have been pushing for years for drastic changes to policing, the move represented a turning point that they will lead, um, that they hope will lead to a transformation of public safety in the city. It shouldn't have taken so much death to get us here, Candace Montgomery, the director of Black Visions Collective, said from the stage at the rally. We're safer without armed, unaccountable patrols supported by the state hunting black people. Now, let me stop right there. Um, a group of individuals that wants to force, petition, cajole um, their legislators, uh, community activists, police chief. Um, there are already in every municipality in this country um, uh, review boards that do indeed review the conduct very critically of police officers. If all of those entities want to work together to make sure that um, policing is done the way it is um, supposed to be done, I don't think any reasonable person, myself included, uh, is is against something like that. But when you shout from a stage, we are safer without armed, unaccountable patrols supported by the state's hunting black people. This is simply not helpful. And I have to question the motivation of this person and this Black Visions Collective, which I know nothing about other than what I'm reading right now. So I don't have an axe to grind here. But if the end game is to um, 
we the police departments um uh and and get rid of these bad officers and um retool and rethink ways of law enforcement that are um uh, just you know archaic in 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 their existence then why would you say we're safer without armed unaccountable patrols supporting the state hunting of black people firstly criminals um love it when law enforcement is unarmed um you look at municipalities throughout the world that have gone to this um insane way of policing if you even want to call it that where their police officers their law enforcement um, does not have um, munitions that is an absolute recipe for disaster that doesn't even really um, warrant any debate or comment on my part if you don't get it you're never going to get it um, criminals uh, the, the best way I can outline this is when is the last time you saw a mass shooting at a police barracks um, criminals and people that want to do you and me harm um, think twice even though they are quite mentally ill um, when they know that there are um, homeowners or law enforcement that are armed and they lick their chops if you will when they go into places where there are no guns the uh, the shooter in Colorado years ago uh, you know admitted he um, he shopped municipalities and he went to the one where um, he was the movie movie theater shooter he went to the one that had the least um, or the tightest gun restrictions no-brainer um, unaccountable patrols I just said how every municipality in this country has um, review boards politician local this is in that's and state this is in that's and federal this is in that's that are watching people that they don't recklessly go out and hunt black people so the rhetoric of candace montgomery is not helpful it is not designed in any way shape manner or form to foster a civilized society it is it is done with the and I don't know her from Adam, but it is done in my opinion with the express notion to add gasoline on a fire. And people that do that are not helpful. Um, what would happen to you or me if I suggested that we need to do the same exact thing to the FBI? Okay, there are people that defend the FBI, left, right, and crazy. I have friends in the FBI. Um, uh, and they, they 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 forward this narrative. There's a few bad actors, and the vast majority of people in the FBI, straight shooters. They love this country. They um, they do what they do uh, above and beyond and uh, within the law. Now, if somebody says um, the FBI is rotten to the core, and I think it's pretty apparent that it's rotten from the top down, not the bottom up. Um, what if somebody said we have to scrap the FBI altogether and start from ground zero and then in addition to that those statements made crazy statements about um, you know as, as Mrs. Montgomery has here would that be helpful um, why is it when people can make these statements and and burn and loot and kill and maim 
nothing happens. But if somebody wanted to make the same statement very, very persuasively about the FBI with Comey and all the boys that that have done terrible things, and that's top down, um, not bottom up corruption, then they're crazy and and they have to be um, silenced. I mean, I, I don't get that. Uh, let me finish up with this article here. It says the pledge in Minneapolis where George Floyd died 13 days ago after being pinned to the ground by white police officers knee reflected calls across America to rethink what policing looks like. Protesters have taken to the streets with demands to shrink or abolish underline that word there, abolish police departments and defund the police has become a frequent rallying cry in municipalities across the country. Now, when I when I talk about that sliver of folks that um, have some degree of uh, thought behind them, regardless of, of where they are on the political continuum, um, and I don't know if this lady's a D or an R or whatever, but uh, it says here, Councilwoman Alondra Cano, who leads the council's public safety committee, said that the scene made her think about the need to create a space for discussions. Discussions. That's a word you don't hear too much when people are dying in the streets. A truth and, rec- and reconciliation commission of sorts to develop solutions to the city's policing issues. Now, the next line is something that you probably are not going to hear from an anarchist. Again, I don't know if she's a Republican or an independent or a Democrat. I suspect she probably is a Democrat. I don't, I don't really know. But she says, protesting is good and needed. Press conferences are good and needed, she said. That third space is needed where we are committed to each other and not the camera. And I think if she is a Democrat, that's a pretty bold statement because bold or because Democrats love the camera. They love pictures worth a thousand words. They love to create narratives that do not exist. And they, they just love to do it, um, with, uh, with, um, photo ops that are orchestrated and they're not organic in any way, shape, manner, or form. And uh, they love videos that display um, 10% of the issue and the other 90% of the video doesn't, doesn't, uh, there's no context given. They love that stuff. So for this lady to say that all of these things are well and good, but we need a space for discussion is actually something I can agree with. Okay. So now we move on to another city council that is much different than the Minneapolis City Council. And they are not kowtowing to anarchists and people that are just unwilling or unable to think about these issues dispassionately. And it says San Diego City Council responds to calls to defund the police by increasing their budget by $27 million. San Diego City Council responded to calls across the country to defund police departments by expanding their police budget. The San Diego City Council voted almost unanimously, eight to one, on Monday of this week to increase police budget by $27 million, pushing the total budget to $566 million, 
according to the San Diego Union Tribune. The move to expand the budget comes as the city reportedly received more than 4,000 phone calls and emails calling for the budget to be decreased as a response to the growing protests over police brutality following the death of George Floyd. You know, something just hit me when I just read that. I'm totally going off script here. Um, What if a police department and a municipality wants to increase their budget and then their budget um, like by a million dollars and that million dollars goes into much more stringent vetting of police officers that could be mentally ill or be racist or be unstable um, or, um, you know, periodic uh, training of one sort or another that can head these problems off at the past. So you don't have a 19 year veteran who has a history of doing stupid stuff like this um, continuing to be on the force. What, what if, what if a ton of money was put into that? Is that in the defund the police force script of many on the left? I don't think it is, but anyway, I digress. Defund this city sanctioned militia that is terrorizing black people. Resident, Brianna Clark said to the council before the vote, we need resources in our communities, not these thugs wearing a badge. You have blood on your hands. Get busy. Now, let me stop there. I I fully understand when a man has been murdered like this and craziness and mayhem is going on all over the country. um, It's really difficult to have this calm, melodious monotone voice that I'm displaying here when, you know, um, people all around you of the same color are being harassed, pulled over for being black, um, bags of Coke being thrown in their trunk. I understand that stuff. And that stuff doesn't go on as much as it did 40 years ago, but it still goes on. I'm not stupid. So I I understand how it's hard to sit up there and be civilized and and to talk in a civilized manner. But as hard as it is to do, it has to happen. Because as, as was chronicled in the last article with this lady saying that it is state sanctioned hunting of black people and these, this lady saying that is a city sanctioned militia terrorizing black people, um, it's not helpful. It's not true. And, but, but more dangerous to the fact that it's not true, it's not helpful, um, The next paragraph says the police do not need more funding. Another resident, Adam, would not argued these funds should instead be reallocated to addressing issues such as poverty, homelessness, mental health and the well-being of our communities of color. So, again, um, this notion that, you know, if you have a bunch of money, your money is being used for something frivolous and I need your tax dollars because the stuff I want is good. That's a spirited debate. Uh, constitution is called redress of grievances. You can pound on a, anything in the city hall and, and petition your leaders of one stripe or another and say, you know, I think my tax dollars going for this is garbage and I think the tax scholars going for this is good. And, and then somebody can get up and disagree. But at the end of the day, that's done 
um, primarily at the ballot box. And if enough people in San Diego think that the city council is doing the right thing by expanding um, or, or, or increasing this budget, and I don't know the answer to this, but I bet you if some of that $27 million is gone to something um, that is approximating what I said before in, in, in a stronger vetting of, um, of police officers. Um, I, I hate to say this, you union guys out there, but um, the union protects in many, many areas, education in the, in the police force as well. They protect a lot of people that should have been bounced a really long time ago. And you can't tell me if there's no union in the Minneapolis police, uh, you know, uh, force that this guy who has a long history of being a jerk for 19 years, he ain't hanging around and the union kept his job. I don't know that factually, but I can almost assure that they did. Um, so if you want to tighten up those loopholes, I think any reasonable person would be okay with that as well. But again, the, the rhetoric that is used is not helpful it is used to gin up support um, with people that they feel helpless, powerless, and maybe they are, but um, they're listening to people that don't have um, the best interests of the American citizen in mind. And there's where we go back again to what's truth. Is it truth? that San Diego has a sanctioned militia that is out to terrorize black people? No, it's not. It's just not true. And if you follow someone that says that, if you back someone with money that says that, or you're influenced by somebody that says that, um, I'm not going to make a derogatory comment about you, but you are sadly amiss. You need to reorient yourself to what is true. And uh, I'm a Christian. So the, the only way to do that, the best way to do that is to go to the word of God. Does the, does the word of God talk about civil unrest and this and that and the other? Um, we're not going to debate that right now, but I tell you what it does do when you have the Holy Spirit in your body and the Holy Spirit um, gives you a thumbs up or down about this or that, and you want to follow someone that makes comments like the Minneapolis police force is hunting black people or the San Diego police force is terrorizing black people. It's a city sanctioned militia. Then I can guarantee you rather uh, if, if you know, you don't need to go to a specific um, uh, scripture on militias or anything. You just have to ask the Holy Spirit, tell me. Is this person nuts? Are they full of it? Should I give them money? Should I follow them? And I guarantee you the Holy Spirit will tell you what to do, what is truth, what is not truth. So um, that's all I'll say about that. Next next article is I'm not even going to read the article. I'm just going to read the, um, the uh, headline. And just to illustrate, again, we keep hammering home the same points multiple times a show, multiple weeks in a row, but we have to because uh, without the truth, we're gone. We're absolutely gone. We are ripe for anything. Uh, we, we've done it on the show before. We'll do it again. We quote the great Charlie Daniels. 
if you don't stand for anything, uh, <laughs> I screwed it up. I don't have it in front of me. I'm trying to do it by memory. If you, um, if you don't stand for um, something, you will fall for anything. I just got it right that time. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, if you want to go to um, that paragon of truth, Charlie Daniels, um, then just look that up. But um, the next article says the Minneapolis police, defor- police department has a long history of brutality. I don't have a big issue with that headline. But here's my problem. The subheadline underneath it says, I know because as a local reporter, I covered it for five years and discovered the links it would go to conceal it. Again, probably not an egregiously amiss statement, but the guy that made the statement, Todd Bear, writes for Al Jazeera. End of discussion. Um, if you want to talk about selective outrage in in the highest order, uh, let's just say that that everything in this article Todd Bear has to say, based on his experience covering the Minneapolis de- Police Department as a local reporter, is a hundred percent factual. And I'm I'm not so sure it isn't. Then why the heck do you work for Al Jazeera? Al Jazeera has a long history of selective outrage. So Al Jazeera is putting out an article how Minneapolis Police Department has a long history of brutality, yet for decades, Al Jazeera has turned a blind eye to the tens of thousands of Jews and Christians that have been terrorized over the years. Um, they've either looked the other way or they've glorified uh, on, on their um, network or in their news publications, um, people that perpetuate terrorism against Jews and Christians and a whole lot of other people for that matter. So again, um, you know, if you're inclined to be a truth seeker and that's a provocative, um, headline and this guy's trying to throw out some credibility, I was a local reporter. I covered it. I know. Then why the heck do you work for Al Jazeera? I mean, that, that, that is a, that is a non-starter uh, for me, and um, that's just the way I look at life. Um, this next um, article is kind of sad. You know, it says protester severely injured when the Confederate monument that he was trying to tear down falls on his head. Now, um, again, y- you want to talk about both sides of this? I am sure. I am positive that there are people out there when they see this video are saying guy deserved it good for good for him you know you live by the sword you die by the sword you do something stupid that's what happens to you that's not helpful (laughs) that is not helpful um if this guy feels that uh, what happened to george floyd is wrong and it spurs him to go on a crusade with his fellow crusaders and they want to peacefully start a movement or protest um, various monuments, particularly those of which are down south. I don't have a big problem with that. But um, obviously, by the odd, oddly enough, by the nature of what happened, this was not a peaceful protest. If you look at the video, 
the flag, or excuse me, the uh, monument is draped in flags. People are burning those flags. I don't consider that to be peaceful at all. Um, There's a lot of uh, just, you know, anarchist type of behavior. Um, Property is being damaged. I don't think Martin Luther King damaged property um, like that. And this guy, it says a protester was seriously injured in Virginia this week when a Confederate statue he helped tear down toppled down on top of him. According to reports, the man believed to be in his 30s was a group of demonstrators Wednesday night trying to take down the Confederate monument in Portsmouth. Protesters were seen hitting the 35 foot tall granite um monument with a sledgehammer and using ropes to pull it off its pedestal before it fell directly on him, knocking him unconscious. A local organizer who witnessed the scene said the man was bleeding and his skull was exposed from the injury. And it's quite a bit worse than that. From what I understand, he's in a coma now. So um, that's horrible. That's a re- If you agree with him or disagree with him, if you love the Confederate flag and the Confederate soldiers, or you think what they represent is is um, is horribly racist and certainly not in order in the year 2020, your heart has to go out to this guy. Um, it says demonstrators stopped to offer prayers for the man as cops told them they needed to leave. Um, I don't know who, who are you know, maybe I shouldn't speculate, but who are they praying to? They're obviously praying to a God that wants this guy to be healed, but does that same God sanction um, their chaotic behavior where they're destroying public property, burning flags, and screaming at people um, in an uncivilized manner? It is the absolute antithesis of civil unrest. They're praying for the man to get better, and I am as well. But does the God that they're praying to sanction the behavior that led up to that? Am I in any way, shape, manner, or form saying the guy deserved it like a lot of you probably are thinking? No, but makes me scratch my head. Um, People don't think. They don't think. Does it occur to them that the God that they're praying to might have a problem with their behavior and how they're going about doing what they're doing? Um. Next article says Trump may issue executive order on police reform, the White House says. And this is coming uh, pretty fast and furiously, uh, probably right after, as many things do, um, the uh, taping of the show here. But um, it'll be interesting to see what Donald Trump has to say about police reform. Um I do know um, at the eve of this, he has said another provocative statement, um, and we'll get to the chaos, and it is chaos in Seattle. Um, he just made one of his Trumpian statements again. If Seattle's mayor and Washington's governor cannot restore order in Seattle, um, I will. Um, so on the one hand, is it provocative? It certainly is. But on the other hand, love Donald Trump or hate him, what are you supposed to do if you are a citizen in um, in the Seattle area? And um, and I'll, I'll read it in a moment. The, the these um, these are not suggestions; they call them demands. 
um, that the protesters are doing in the city of Seattle as they are, again, um, destroying businesses. Um, I, I can just read this to you. It, it is um, it is rather chilling. Let me get to it here. It's out of order. There it is. Uh, Seattle protesters publish list of demands as city um, citizens occupy the police-free autonomous zone. Now, if you don't think people are going to take um, advantage of a, a police-free zone, you're crazy. So um, this article says demonstrators in Seattle who have taken over a six-block radius of the city's Capitol Hill neighborhood um, that is, and they call it an autonomous zone, free of police. They have established a list of demands. Um, and we go on to state what these protesters are saying. This is no simple request to end police brutality. We demand. Now, let's stop on that word, demand. Um, I would suggest that that protester go to a third world country if he wants to demand things and that protester will probably be met with um, a lot of force in that third world country because that's not how it works here um, either in that country or in our country we have the right to a redress of grievances um, would I defend this man or woman don't even know who it is um, if they want to go to city council with a laundry list of things that they would like to see happen for the public good um, in a peaceful, constructive way. Yeah, that's called redress of grievances, but it doesn't say anything in our constitution about demanding anything. Um, we live in a representative republic. That is a notion that is lost on most Americans and sadly, even a greater percentage of young Americans. We live in a representative republic. So in this particular municipality, um, if they have a problem, uh, they shouldn't demand things. Uh, they can protest. They can occupy whatever they need to. Um, destroying property, demanding things, intimidating people. It's just not how it works in the United States of America. The list published includes the following demands. And when, when, when I read these, it, it, it's almost like I, I can't believe I'm reading them, but then I can believe it because this is the culture that we live in where you and I are going to have to find a way with God's help to bridge gaps, to talk to people, to constructively criticize, to disagree without killing one another. It's, it's some crazy times. And if there is a need for Jesus Christ, it is, it is at, in the highest order. So the demands are the Seattle Police Department and attached court system are beyond reform. We do not request reform. We demand abolition. So, they want to take this police department and abolish it. They don't want to reform it. I would presume the assumption on their part is it is rotten from the top to the bottom. It says it's beyond reform. Uh, my words as far as rotten from the top to the bottom. And it just needs to be scrapped. 
What do you want to replace that with? Well, I, I think they might be getting to this. In the transitionary period between now and the dismantlement of the Seattle Police Department, we demand that the use of armed force be banned entirely. Okay. So, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to read between the lines here. So the, the entity that they want to replace this with, if they've even thought that far ahead, cannot have arms, meaning the only people that do have arms are people that no doubt want to do harm to others. Um, because let's face it, people that demand crazy things like this, they're not usually second amendment people. They're usually, um, people that want guns out of your hands and my hands. And now the police force's hands or whatever they police, whatever they replace the police force with. So I would be very curious at the end of the day, if these demands were ever, um, enacted if you don't have guns and I don't have guns and the cops don't have guns and whatever entity that has replaced the police force doesn't have guns to me in my simple state college logic, that would just leave people that are bad that have guns. Uh, I don't know. This is just me. Um, we demand demand three and we're coming up to the end of the show here an end to the school to prison pipeline that the abolition of and, and the abolition of youth jails get kids out of prison get cops out of schools so if i am to try to understand that in my conservative worldview if you are a young youth jail uh, that that would house the youth i would think let's just say from 15 to 25 here if you are someone that has served notice that you don't play by the same rules as you and I do, um, and you have served notice that you are going to perpetrate crime and there's nothing anybody can do about it, you can do that with impunity because these nutbags are calling for the abolition of youth jails because they don't like the school to prison pipeline. Um, as if committing a crime was not a choice. Um, get kids out of prison, get cops out of schools. I am running out of time here. Um, I, I might read the last one and I might not. I don't think I will. There's 15 demands. I've read three. They're, um, they pretty much, um, you get the point. So try to close the show the way I always do. Um, you know, go to the word of God, become a born again Christian. If you're not a Christian, uh, utilize this Holy spirit that will live, that lives in the side of believers uh, or will live inside of potential believers. When, when, you know, if, if you, if you're a non-believer and you want to believe in Jesus Christ, that's great. Um, the, the, the advantages of that decision are, are, a million fold. But one of the small byproducts of that is when we have issues like we have in a chaotic, crazy society, you will have uh, the great helper, um, the Holy Spirit to tell you what's right or wrong. You can read articles like this and say, that doesn't seem right, or that doesn't seem 
right? Or this, I guess I kind of believe this. Let me do my research on this guy or that guy. So um, that's what I urge you to do. And if you are a believer, just pray, pray, pray. These are some crazy times that we live in, but God is in control and uh, this too shall pass. And this country will, um, will, you know, it is a great country. Constitution is a great document and we will, um, we will rise above all of this craziness. This has been Kurt Flewelling, Reshaping America. Until next week, have a great day.